This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we're gonna we're gonna jump right into the turf battles today. Some of the turf wars going on across the country. I I just had to to search that. I was like, what is a turf? Not no, not not like astroturf. Uh, no, T E R F. This is this is a a term. This is a an acronym used by the wackos on the left. Uh, it, like for example, if if you were a Democrat in Missoula representing House District 100, you would know exactly what a turf is. That's how that's how you would attack real women who don't uh, who don't like the fact that that you want to use their bathroom or you want to 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 beat them up uh, in a basketball game or or whatever right so if you were a radical transgender activist you would know exactly what a turf is i i've heard the term before but it's been a while so i was like what is a turf i had to remind myself uh, and anyway, you might be thinking, well, Aaron, what, what does this have to do with the news of the day? So yesterday we, we uh, chatted with John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, about so many different things. But this story came up. We were talking about uh, this uh, active duty Air Force airman who lit himself on fire to demonstrate his support for the Hamas terrorists inside of the Gaza Strip. That's how, how, how nuts this guy was. And now we've got more information on this guy. I, I saw uh, Marina Medvin. Marina Medvin via Twitter says the guy who torched himself in front of the Israeli embassy in D.C. was an anarchist socialist with a security clearance from the U.S. Air Force working in the intelligence unit. Uh, yeah, and she shared a military.com piece here. Uh, apparently, uh, this this airman who lit himself on fire, this radical left-wing activist, was a cyber defense operations specialist with the 531st Intelligence Squadron at Joint Base San Antonio-Lackland. He was assigned to the 70th Intelligence Surveillance and Reconnaissance Wing at Fort Meade in Maryland. Sounds like you've got to have a pretty good security clearance to work there. And this guy was a radical left-wing nut job. Is is all the information that's coming out now? Andy No, Andy No, I believe he's out of the Portland area. Uh, he's been documenting all the the radical Antifa, Antifa activists in the Pacific Northwest. But he shared this uh, a piece from the PostMillennial.com. The U.S. airman who self-immolated himself for Palestine had deep connections to far-left extremist groups, including Antifa networks. His unearthed recent social media posts show he hated the U.S., TERFs, and mocked dead service members. That's the guy who lit himself up. That's the guy who, after all of these patriots were kicked to the curb or punished or treated like garbage... This guy somehow is still serving in our military. This guy somehow got into our, our military. This guy somehow got a security clearance. Uh, anyway, uh, but what are TERFs? Wait till you hear this one. I'll explain right after this. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. 
frustration grew over the recent congressional recess among the 11 House impeachment managers. These are the GOP managers who are charged with presenting their articles of impeachment to the Senate in the case of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. House managers serve as prosecutors and argue the impeachment case before the Senate. One impeachment manager told Fox they have been given no clear guidance about the roles they might play. There was a lack of information over the recess about when the House would transmit the articles to the Senate triggering the trial. The decision lies at the feet of House Speaker Mike Johnson. Some House Republicans and impeachment managers are itching to get started, but that could backfire without preparation. Fox was told two weeks ago that House impeachment managers believe they might meet late last week to prep and organize, even doing mock trial sessions. Democrats who were impeachment managers conducted dry runs in late 2019 and early 2020 ahead of the first impeachment trial of former President Trump. But those sessions never materialized. However, there were conversations among chiefs of staff for the impeachment managers. With the Speaker's lobby, Chad Bergram, Fox News. A new report from the Family Research Council is documenting the rise in attacks against Christians in America. Fox News had that story earlier in the week. Well, there was another report also published by the FRC, by the Family Research Council, and it shows how there is an intolerance against Christians that is intensifying in the Western world. And, of course, we see that right here in Montana. Check out the full story and the full audio of our interview, MontanaTalks.com. You can plan barbecues and weddings. You can plan to protect yourself from a natural disaster. Sign up for local alerts, prepare an emergency kit, and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Serving the great state of Montana. From the peaks of the Beartooths to the banks of the Clark Fork River, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, we got the phone lines open for you. Anything and everything you want to talk about for the next two hours. That's right. Open phones uh, for the rest of the morning here, 406-294-0970. Or you can message us on our Montana Talks app. All right, so what are TERFs? I know if I had to search that thing, and what in the heck is a turf? I I know I've heard the term before, but I couldn't tell you what it is. If I had to look it up, I'm sure many of you are scratching your heads. So the U.S. airman who self-immolated him, lit himself on fire, had deep connections to far-left extremist groups, including Antifa networks. His unearthed recent social media posts show how he hated the United States... Yet he had a security clearance from the Air Force? Hmm. He hated TERFs. Why would he hate TERFs? What are TERFs? I'll get to that in a second here. And he mocked dead service members. Think of all the patriots that Joe Biden and John Tester punished over the jab. They kicked actual patriots to the curb who had served their country on deployment after deployment after deployment. And yet somehow this guy got in and stayed in the military. Uh, before I tell you what TERFs are, let's jump right into the phone lines because we've already got a caller on the line. And I don't want to make him wait. Lee in Kalispell first up. What's going on, Lee? Hi, Aaron. This is about Tester's ad where he says if you reelect him, he'll help solve the problem with uh, uh, high prices of uh, property, the uh, fentanyl, and the uh, uh, illegals. Now, what's he been doing the last 18 years he's been in office? If he has
you know, why are we having this problem to start with? Great point. Great point. Oh, if you elect me, I will stop all these problems that I helped create. Well, well, first off, uh, yeah, you're exactly right, which is first off is why haven't you been doing anything uh, the past 18 years other than lining your own pockets, right? Right. Yeah, and then, oh, so you're going to wait until after the election to apparently try to fix all these things? Uh, just straight-up phoniness, isn't it? Yeah, it's something I trust to. He hasn't done for 18 years. Like, in fact, uh, he helped cause the problem because he bo- actually voted for the uh, border to stay open. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just like the Keystone XL pipeline. Well, I supported the Keystone XL pipeline. Well, well, first off, you voted against it when it mattered the most. But, but second off, even if he had voted in support of it, it's like, yeah, but you didn't get the job done. So... At at the least, you're ineffective. You can't deliver for Montana. You can't get the job done. Uh, at the worst, you're actually a part of the problem. And I think we all know that that's actually where he's at, is that he didn't actually support the Keystone Pipeline. He just told people he supported it uh, to, to win votes. And he doesn't want to secure the border. Uh, otherwise, he would be using his power to have done that already. Exactly. All right, Lee. Well, thanks for the call. Hey, great to hear from you. Uh, Thanks for the phone call. Uh, Lee mentioned in ad that he saw or heard uh, by liberal Senator John Tester. Now, this latest ad from uh, from the Trump war room, it should have John Tester featured in this ad, uh, but it doesn't. But but this ad, when you hear it, I think you will agree with me that that the one addition they should do to this ad is they should include the video of John Tester saying what a good job Joe Biden is doing and how he thinks Joe Biden is 100% with it. Following some breaking news out of Athens, Georgia, two colleges have canceled classes today as police look for a murderer. Lincoln Riley was described as a shining light. The dean's list nursing student. Police arrested 26-year-old Jose Antonio Ibarra. Ibarra crossed into Texas illegally back in September of 2022, then was released into the United States on parole. We have a secure border. We agree that uh, the border is secure. And we have a process in place to manage violence at the border. The border is closed. The border is secure. We have taken unprecedented action. The border is not open. Fox News can now confirm that Jose Antonio Ibarra was busted last year in New York City. But ICE didn't even have time to put in a detainer on him because, hey, he was already back out on the street. Yeah, there you go. Powerful ad uh, from uh, the Trump war room. Alex Brusewitz shared that via Twitter, via X.com. And you could even just splice it in right at the end there. You just you just take the same ad and you splice in the video right at the very end. Liberal Senator John Tester saying how Joe Biden is doing a good job and how he is 100 percent with it. All right. Let's see. Um, I, I was going to tell you what a uh, what a turf is, but we got Marilyn in Billings on the phone line. M- Marilyn, are you familiar with this term turf? I am slightly familiar just because I, I, I listen and I read a lot. And yeah, so I am. Yeah. Well, what, well, what's your take? So this this uh, radical left wing activist Air Force airman who lit himself on fire. Man, why? Why was he still in our military? Why did he have a security clearance? Only the Biden administration knows. I don't, I don't know. But my understanding of a TERF is someone who is a radical, say, a radical feminist, 
who does not subscribe to the transgender ideology. Yeah. In other words, a man who comes in like a, a what's his name, uh, Thomas, Will Thomas, who comes in and says, well, I, you know, I identify as a woman and that kind of thing. Um, Leah Thomas, I think is his. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The swimmer guy. Yeah. 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 And so radical feminists who don't subscribe to that ideology and don't allow it within their um, their area of influence are called turfs. Yes. you. In fact, you, you have nailed it. Um, I'll give the actual description right after this. Marilyn, stand by uh, if you can. Saving you money, I'm Hillary Barsky. Need help with your finances and thinking about hiring a financial planner for some guidance? Well, it's important to vet advisors to make sure their pay structure reflects your needs. If you're considering a particular one, you have to ask questions like how do they arrive at their fee and what motivates them to charge the way they do. Many advisors base their pay on a percentage of assets under management. If you want to hire an advisor for both financial planning and investment management, you might encounter a hybrid fee structure. That means you'll pay a percentage for portfolio management plus a flat or hourly rate for financial planning. In recent years, some advisors have adopted subscription pricing that offers tiers of ongoing service with different monthly or annual retainer fees. Other popular options include charging an hourly fee or flat per project fee. You need to figure out what type of financial advisor will offer the right service along with a fair price. Saving you money, Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Hey, Sean Hannity here. You. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, Grandpa Lou, you got to call back in. We had Grandpa Lou on the phone lines. I was going to get to Grandpa Lou in a second here as well, but looks like uh, we lost his call. Well, Grandpa Lou, call back in or, or call back in later if you if you had to run off for a second. 406-294-0970. Phone lines are open for you. Um, I do want to go back to Marilyn and Billings here because she, she uh, hit, hit the nail right on the head here. She was spot on. So I, I knew I had heard about this term turf. Apparently, um, one of the, mo- the world's most famous turfs is a, a liberal writer by the name of J.K. Rowling, you know, the Harry Potter author. You know, they all oh, they just hate J.K. Rowling because even though she's uh, liberal, even though she's a feminist, she does not support this radical transgender ideology stuff. So they call her a turf. So, so what is a turf? This is from some joke of an outfit called the National Women's Law Center. Sticking up for men here. Uh, Sticking up for men. The National Women's Law Center is actually fighting for men, not for women. That's got to be ironic, isn't it? But what is a turf? This is their insane definition. The, The technical definition of a turf, this is according to them, is a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Most TERFs came to their ideology via second-wave feminism that radicalized into the lie that trans people are a threat to women. They say that that it is a lie that trans people are a threat to women. I don't know. Did you guys see the video of the, the, the high school girls basketball game where they allowed a boy to identify as a girl and play in the girls basketball game? 
and he physically threw one of the girls to the floor. Three of the girls got so badly injured, they had to pull him from the game, and then they didn't have enough players to play in the game because three of them got hurt so bad by the boy who identifies as a girl. But no, the National Women's Law Center says it's a lie that trans people are a threat to women. They, they further add this, TERFs are some of the people we're seeing trying to ban trans athletes. In other words, if you are a woman who thinks that only women or girls should play women or girls sports, you are a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. If you are a woman who thinks that you should be able to use the restroom without some dude barging in on you, you are a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. If you, I mean, Marilyn, I could go on and on with examples, couldn't I? Yeah, yeah, you really could. And what's, what's laughable, but not really, is that Title IX still exists. And I remember, I'm old enough to remember when we fought hard for Title IX. Yeah. And, and establishing uh, women's sports. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's and it's so you know in the scheme of things our opinions don't matter. What matters is the law, and the law says that there are women's sports, women, just mm-hmm. women. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I I just thought I'd call in and say that. By the way, the other thing is um, it's on a different subject. You know that uh, the <clears throat> school board is trying to abolish recess for elementary children. There was a school board meeting last uh, last night or the night before. Maybe it was the night before. Hmm. I think it was the night before um, where they want to take recesses. They want to eliminate recesses for little kids. Really? Is that in, is that in Billings? Yep. Really? And I had a friend who went and spoke at that meeting. Um, huh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I, I just know, I mean... Uh, uh, man, especially for little boys, you better give them an opportunity to get that energy out. I mean, if anybody would be more opposed to canceling recess for little kids, I would think it would be the teachers. They're like, wait a minute, you want us to just try to keep them stuck in their chairs all day long without a recess? Holy cow, that's that sounds crazy. Yeah, Garcia is a tyrant. So you're not Sorry. you're not impressed with him so far because I I know a lot of people were really uh, encouraged by his interview and uh, but you're you're not liking what you're seeing so far then huh? Nope, not at all. Well, what they they're shutting down that one elementary school and then they're going to have a charter school for so-called refugees. It's like, huh? Yep. And and now what, what are they going to ask for? What five million dollars for a public safety levy? Uh so we've got money for students that aren't even American, but we don't have money for, for our kids. And if our right. property taxes have all gone up, that means you have more money. What are you doing with the more money that you have that you need more money from us when you're already getting more money from us? I mean, that's just a question that's, that's I have, the, too, right? Yeah, that's a fact, though. They had a school board meeting on this the night before last, and um, they want to take, they want to abolish recesses for the little kids. Ah. Oh, wow. 
Wow, that's that's interesting. I hadn't heard about that one yet. Well, uh, Marilyn, thanks for calling in. Great to hear from you. Yeah, the the one other example I was I was going to give about these uh, turfs, <laughs> trans exclusionary radical feminists. Yeah, Joel in Stevensville messaged us uh, during the eight twenty break. Yeah, you you nailed it, Joe. Uh, Joel Joel had the uh, the definition of turf as well here in these turf wars. And uh, Rich in Billings <laughs> says this turfs. A woke term I didn't need to know. That's right. This is uh, Rich. We just gave you the woke update of the week there uh, uh, for you. All right, four zero six two nine four zero nine seventy is the number for you. Uh, speaking of the turf wars here, I, I don't know if she would describe herself as a radical feminist. Uh, the lieutenant governor of Virginia, she just seems incredible. The, the lieutenant governor of Virginia, uh, a black woman. Uh, first Republican, I, I believe, first black, no, not first Republican, but first black woman elected. She is a Republican. First black woman elected lieutenant governor for the Commonwealth of Virginia. We, we mentioned this story briefly yesterday on the show. And uh, she's a big supporter of Second Amendment rights, which if you were a black woman who grew up in the South, you would support the Second Amendment rights as well. Because you remember, the KKK wanted to take away your Second Amendment rights. They didn't want black people owning guns because they wanted to leave them defenseless. Just like the Democrat Party still today wants to leave you defenseless in the midst of their illegal uh, alien invasion. Um, Oh, but but the other point I wanted to make is, uh, so are you a turf if you're a woman who thinks that the woman of the year should actually be a woman and not a man? Remember, we had Seth Dillon from the Babylon Bee here in Montana recently, and that's what got them kicked off of Twitter before Elon Musk took over Twitter. You had these these radical news outlets labeling Rachel Levine, who is a man, as their woman of the year. So no woman gets that honor. No woman gets that recognition. So they gave it to a man. So the Babylon Bee... They 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 named Rachel Levine the Babylon Bee's Man of the Year, and pre Elon Musk Twitter booted them from Twitter. They called that hate speech. Uh, they called a satirical headline hate speech. And so, but yeah, but yeah, if if you're a woman who who thinks that yeah maybe the woman of the year should actually be a woman, you are a trans exclusionary radical feminist you are a turf uh, but i wonder back to this lieutenant governor uh, winsome sears out of the commonwealth of virginia so she was presiding over the chamber during their legislative uh, session or assembly i imagine they call it there and uh, there's a there's a dude who identifies as a woman uh, i think it's a state senator uh, similar to like, you know, the the representative from House District 100 in Missoula, a man who identifies as a woman. Anyway, listen to this back and forth. Basically, what ended up happening was was uh, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, a black woman, says, uh, that's correct, sir, at some point. And you can tell she wasn't, you know, she was just being polite and respectful, right? And, oh, apparently the... the uh, the uh, the radical transgender lawmaker stormed out of the legislative assembly after that. And then they started saying all sorts of rude things about Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears. 
Purpose, does the Senator from Prince William rise? Madam President, rise for parliamentary inquiry. The Senator may state it. Madam President, how many votes will be, would it take uh, to pass this bill with the emergency clause? That would be four-fifths, Senator. And what would be the exact number for that, uh, Madam President? Yes, sir, that would be 32. The question is, shall the bill pass? Those in favor of that motion will record their votes aye. Those opposed, no. I said something that upset. All right, so, so now that this, this was kind of video spliced together. But yeah, did you hear that? I, I even missed it the second time around listening to it there. But did you hear, uh, did you hear that where, uh, where uh, yeah, at one point she said, uh, that's correct, sir. Very quick, right? And there were no gasps in the audience. It was like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's correct, sir. Uh, anyway, so, so of course, the, the radical transgender activists in the Montana Democrat Party were complaining about this, uh, et cetera. But then you got to hand it to Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, who has faced actual discrimination in her life, but then is being lectured by these men identifying women as women that somehow they're the oppressed minority out here. I said something that upset Senator Rome. Let it be known. I am not here to upset anyone. I am here to do the job that the people of Virginia have called me to do. And that is to treat everyone with respect and dignity. I myself have at times not been afforded that same respect and dignity. But in this body, and as long as I am president of the Senate, and by the grace of God, I will be treated with respect and dignity, and I will treat everyone else with respect and dignity. See, but the, the men who identify as women don't think they should treat a black woman with respect. They think, uh, oh, no, 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 women, and even you black women, you need to bow down to them, the men who identify as, as, as women. Uh, all right, we got a couple of callers on the phone lines. We'll get to you. Will you owe income tax on the sale of your home? I'm Ginny Cosola with your Fox Business Tax Tip. Coming up. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Whether you will owe tax when you sell your home depends on how much the home's value has appreciated and if it's your primary residence. CPA Stephen Zellin of Zellin & Associates says there are IRS rules. If you lived in it two out of the last five years, you can exclude up to $250,000 if you're single or $500,000 if you're married filing jointly. Zellin says if you sell your house early in the year, you may need to make estimated tax payments on the gain or you may owe a penalty. Ginny Cosola, Fox News. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's jump right into the phone lines here, 406-294-0970. Uh, plus, we got a couple of messages uh, that came in on our Montana Talks app. 
Uh, Marsha, good good follow-up question here from Marsha. Maybe somebody can fill us in here. Uh, I heard the lady talking about the school board wanting to eliminate elementary school recess, uh, but did not hear a reason for doing so or what their plan is to replace it. That's a great follow-up question, Marsha. Uh, thanks for that message. Uh, I know we oftentimes have school board members listening in, so maybe they could uh, fill us in here as well. Joel in Stevensville. Does the service members group life insurance, SGLI, does that exclude self-immolation from payouts? I sure hope so. I'm assuming USAA has pretty good fire coverage, but I don't know if that covers that either there, Joel. But uh, good question. Good question. Gary in Billings, good to hear from you. What's going on? Hey, good morning, Travis. Uh, er, yeah. Well, Travis, yeah. too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Good morning. Yeah, to yeah. He does a lot of work. He's been up really early. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, when you're talking about the turf, I remember a bar downtown across from the old Sheraton Hotel called the Turf Club. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. And then there, there was pictures of the Great Flood in 1936, I think it was, when these old Model A's, boards and stuff were, the water was up to the hubcaps on those cars right there by that Turf Club. Now, I remember that because, I, you know, I'm older than dirt, so I used to go there. It brought back memories, you know. <laughs> so it was a really neat bar. What was it? What, how would you describe it? What kind of establishment was it? What year, what what time frame would that have been? And uh, uh, and how did they get the name Turf Club? Was it like Surf and Turf? Like, was it a good steak joint, too, or something, or what? The owner was called Bob Porter, who was a businessman. And he owned another club out on the lower road, but uh, unfortunately it burnt down. Uh, I don't remember why, but it brings back a lot of memories when you talk about the turf. And but you can look it up here and, uh, and look up how that flood was so bad right in there too. Oh, yeah, that'd be, I'll, I'll bet you there's some old photographs we could probably find. That'd be a good write-up for our, our website here one of these days. Uh, you know, you know something, something like our, our buddy Michael Foth could, w- would do a good creative job of writing that. In fact, uh, yeah, we just had a, a great lunch last week with, at the Montana Sky uh, restaurant, which is on the 20th floor of, of what, what you referred to it used to be the Sheridan Hotel. Now, of course, it's the Doubletree Hotel downtown Billings. And man, we had an incredible lunch there. Uh, this like peppered steak, and so they're they're really ramping up their menu there uh, for folks in the downtown Billings area. But but I didn't know this. We were talking with the general manager of the hotel, and he was saying how um, back in the day. Actually, do you remember? Do you remember when the hotel was first built? They yeah. they had a swimming pool in the basement, in the basement of the what's now the Double Drio Hotel. And that's just crazy. So like right now, it's like under the loading dock. But uh, we're going to send somebody down there and get some cool, creepy photographs one of these days. <laughs> See, Aaron, uh, that was uh, Harrison Pegg that built that, uh, that Sheraton Hotel, which was the tallest brick structure in the world. I was working for the city in the engineering department. I started in 1965. So in that time frame... Uh, Harrison Pegg built that, and uh, there's a lot of uh, 
problem. Uh, that building had a lot of water breaks, and uh, so I don't know if that's still going on, but... I don't think so. Yeah, no. Harrison's a great guy. Yeah, great family. So, uh, so what years did you go to the turf club then? What what year were you, were you tearing up the turf club? Well, probably in uh, I moved to Billings uh, from Butte in 1965. That's when I started working for the engineering department. Oh, okay. And I I was running the curb gutter sidewalk program, so I had somewhat of a uh, thing about the sidewalks and curbs. That would be probably uh, in 65, 70, somewhere. So in the 60s, yeah. I wonder if there were any uh, trans-exclusionary radical feminists uh, rolling around the turf club back in the 60s. All right, Gary, great to hear from you. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, 294-0970, the number for you. Frank and Evergreen next up. Uh, Lots of people jumping in on the turf wars here. Hi, Aaron. How you doing? Uh, I'd like to say that turf's aren't really turfs. They're they're not feminists. They're not sexual. They are just males who become neutral. They have no sex anymore. They have no arousal feelings. They're just uh, um, they're dysfunctional creatures. But uh, they just like to impose their lifestyle on on women and and try to ruin their movement. I mean, uh, there's. They have no respect for feminists at all. They're uh, absolutely anti-women. Oh, you're talking about like so the the actual transgender folks, like the the Zoe Zephyrs of the world, like this uh, state senator out in Virginia, where, yeah, they're they're trying to pretend like like they're more important than women, that their rights are more important than women's rights, that their right to the bathroom, their right to be on that girls' sports team is more important than women's rights to privacy. Women's, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, I hope that uh, naval artificial intelligence uh, gets updated a little bit and uh, which way the belly button twists uh, on these creatures. You know, uh, I know this guy's weird. Oh, okay. All right. I don't, uh, wasn't sure about that one on the naval intelligence. But in, anyway, appreciate the phone call, Frank. 406-294-0970 is the number for you. If you got something you want to talk about, uh, give us a ring, uh, 294-0970, or you can message us on our Montana Talks app. All right, let's see here. Um, we've got another government spending deadline right around the corner. But thankfully, Speaker of the House Mike Jan- Johnson, I almost did the uh, Mike, Mike Jansen as uh, John Jackson so so uh, uh, accurately does the uh, impersonation there. Um, Sp- Speaker of the House Mike Johnson standing firm. I mean, and, and thankfully he is uh, so far here because, you know, he was at the White House and there you got Joe Biden, you got Kamala, you got Chuck Schumer, and then you got Mitch McConnell who practically is no different than the rest of them. And so there he is, pretty much standing alone, yet standing firm. There is agreement on the need to pass a spending bill to prevent some government agencies from closing Friday. But the president says that's not all Congress must do. The consequences of an action every day in Ukraine Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's passage of a foreign aid bill is up to House Speaker Mike Johnson. We made it clear to him we can't tarry. Or the war could be lost. Johnson says House Republicans are considering the best way to approve Ukraine aid, but made clear the first priority must be border security. It is a catastrophe, and it must stop. President Biden travels to the border town of Brownsville, Texas, tomorrow. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. All right, you heard what Joe Biden said there. He says, 
This situation in Ukraine gets more dire every day. Uh, the situation in America is getting more dire every day. We've had illegal aliens murdering a young college student out for a run in Georgia. We've had illegal aliens raping and murdering little boys, uh, raping and murdering underage girls. Uh, there is a crime spree going on all across America involving illegal aliens, and yet you still don't want to do what needs to be done to secure that border. I don't know if you guys heard what Victor Davis Hanson, the great military historian Victor Davis Hanson, VDH, he was on with Laura Ingram last night. Here's what he had to say about uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, I think we're getting to a point of no return, Laura, with the corruption issue, the cognitive issue, and the unpopularity and disaster of his uh, agenda, and now this defection within the Democratic Party. It's more of a question of not if they're going to try to remove him, but when and how. And I don't think they have the answers to either one. It's really the most remarkable meltdown of a presidency we've seen in our modern era. And it's juxtaposed with probably the greatest political recovery of Donald Trump since Richard Nixon in 1962. And Donald Trump, the more they try to demonize and incarcerate him or uh, use lawfare against him, the more popular he becomes. So it's just it's bizarre how things have just flipped since... Uh, 2021. It's remarkable. And I, I think they're in a dilemma and they don't they, ha they know what they have to do, but they don't know how to do it and when to do it. And of course, uh, that which they know they have to do, but don't know when or how to do it is uh, figuring out a way to try to get Joe Biden off the ballot. The big uh, results out of the Michigan primary election yesterday. Uh, those of you listening to KJJR, if you were listening to Hugh Hewitt earlier this morning, uh, he likely shared uh, uh, some great analysis and a great summary of what just took place in, in the Michigan primary election yesterday. Here's what Hugh Hewitt had to say earlier this morning. Former President Trump and President Biden romped in their respective primaries last night, but with the red vote significantly larger than blue turnout and 13 percent of the blues ticked off with the president. This has got to alarm Team Biden. Uh, yeah, Donald Trump with over 100 and I think 20, 30,000 votes more than what Biden got in Michigan yesterday. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. They've been pushing Bidenomics. It's not working. Biden inflation went up 300% last month from a year ago. And you see the economy is, is sputtering along. You see, I mean, I think probably one of the worst statistics I've seen at this point is on top of the 60% of Americans living paycheck to pay paycheck, which is the worst, but between groceries and eating, Americans now are spending more of their income on food than they have in 30 years. That's the latest data from the USDA, which shows consumers spent more than 11% of disposable income on eating. Also at a time where they're spending the highest amount or percentage of their income on where they live. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, you can give your home a new look this year with premium custom window treatments from our friends at Blinds.com. Right now, you save 40% off site-wide. Now, you can choose from Roman and woven wood shades and shutters. My favorite, they're motorized options and much, much more. It's all 100% online. The better way to shop. No pushy commission salespeople in your home. Blinds.com, they make it simple, simple, easy, easy. Anyway, you can do the measuring, the installation yourself, or you can let Blinds.com handle all of it for you. 
No matter how many window coverings or window treatments you have, you only pay one low installation cost, whether it's one or 50. How cool is that? And forget about going through a long, boring, monotonous in-home consultation just to get a quote. Blinds.com also gives you free shipping and the best part, 100% satisfaction guarantee. What does that mean? If you're not happy, they will make it right. Anyway, shop Blinds.com right now. Save 40% off site-wide, 40% off for limited time at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. apply. This is the Montana Economic Minute. There's a funny thing about traveling the state and giving a forecast to audiences about where you think the economy's going. It's the economy. It doesn't stand still while you're talking. And now that the dust is cleared on the BBR Economic Outlook Seminars in seven cities, it's already looking a bit different than we thought. The forecast, our forecast, a lot of other people's forecasts, has been pretty timid the last few years. We said the economy would take time to pull out of the deep dive caused by COVID. We said that there'd be a recession last year. Neither of those things happened. We talked about how throttling inflation with higher interest rates would end up costing the economy's jobs. That didn't happen either. And now we're saying, surprise, that the economy will grow very slowly this year. Should anyone believe us? There's plenty of data to support our forecast, particularly the slowdown in consumer spending, which is indeed happening. But job growth remains pretty strong. Inflation may yet keep heading down this year. And economic growth? Stay tuned. I'm Patrick Brady. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. New tax deadlines for your 2023 return. I'm Ginny Cosola with your Fox Business Tax Tip. Coming up. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast, bringing you closer to the story than you ever thought possible. Subscribe at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. These are the stories that keep you up at night. The first day to file your taxes this year was January 29th. The deadline this year is April 15th. You can extend your filing date to October 15th, but CPA John Lieberman says you still need to pay. And if you don't pay what you owe by April 15th, the government will charge you interest in the form of interest and penalties. And they've just raised the rate, so it's quite expensive not to get all your taxes paid by April 15th. To get a Ginny Kosola, Fox News. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Oh, man. You know, uh... Why do the Democrats hate women so much right now? Uh, real women. You know, if, if you're a man who identifies as a woman, you're uh, you're a civil rights champion. But, the, man, they, they've just got an axe to grind with white women in particular. I, I saw this video on Twitter earlier this morning, and I, I think it was down, was it was it Fat Tuesday? Or was, it was somewhere down in Louisiana, and it was all these, these girls, you know, just, uh, you know, at, and there were some guys there, too, looked like a bunch of college kids, just having a, a great time dancing to music, and they weren't doing crazy, you know, uh, they, it, let's just say it was a lot uh, more kid friendly of a video than what the drag than what the drag queen dudes want to do in your kids' elementary school or in your library targeting children. This, I mean, this is much more kid friendly. These these girls dancing and just having fun and singing along to the music than what the drag queens want to do in your elementary school. But apparently, a lot of people got offended by this video. I don't know if it was because of the 
you know, the, the, the large presence of Stanley cups uh, that the white girls were carrying or what. But uh, who was it that shared this via Twitter? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, he, he also was saying, why are people offended by this? Apparently, this was controversial. Oh, oh it was Ian Miles Chong. This video is offending people on the Internet for some reason. What am I missing? <laughs> and then I was reading the comments and it said, white girls aren't allowed to have fun. I mean, boy, ain't that the truth this day and age. They, I mean, you know, as, and, and then, of course, John Jackson had to jump in with the girls just want to have fun uh, meme. Somebody needs to do a remake of girls just want to have fun. But instead of girls, they want to have fun. It's going to be, but white girls, you can't have fun uh, because you know you're, you're you're a white girl. You are not allowed to have fun. And if the dude wants to throw you to the ground in a basketball game, and you know, or knock your teeth out in a lacrosse match, or take the trophy from you in the swimming tournament, you just sit down, turf. Sit down, turf, because girls are not allowed to have fun. Uh, that's for the boys who identify as girls. Uh, just what a crazy freaking world we live in right now. All right, let's see. Uh, what are we going to talk about? You tell us. What should we talk about in the 9 o'clock hour? That's when our friends from Wolf Point and uh, Plentywood, Malta, all over the place, that's when they join us. Is coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. You get this extra hour of Montana Talks. All right, can I go to – I see we got Charlie on line one. Can I go to him or are you guys still chat? Oh, okay. Well, I was going to go to Charlie, but it uh, looks like – uh, his phone call just dropped. Uh, Charlie called back. Uh, oh, Charlie, uh, maybe he was just sharing a message here. Uh, some people, they'll just call Travis and then they'll, I'll try to get him on the radio, but apparently they just, just want to leave a message sometimes instead, and that's okay. So apparently Charlie and Kyla wants to nominate Riley Gaines for Woman of the Year. Oh, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. See, the, the, the mainstream, uh, oh, the, Gaines was awarded Woman of the Year by AMAC. Okay, so that'll happen there. So AMAC is like the conservative alternative to to uh, AARP, right? So the AARP is a radical left-wing outfit. AMAC, if I remember right, Travis, am I, Travis, am I correct? AMAC is like the, the, the conservative alternative to the AARP that wants to stand up for senior citizens on senior issues. But without giving your money to this left-wing activist uh, AARP outfit. So, oh, yeah, so they actually did name Riley Gaines the woman of the year. <laughs> oh, man, the Democrats are going to hate him for that one. How dare they actually give a woman the recognition of woman of the year? You're supposed to give a man that kind of recognition. According to the fake news, mainstream media, according to the Democrat Party uh, and more. I'm sure Zoe Zephyr is pissed. The radical transgender lawmaker from House District 100 is going to be ticked over that one. The Montana Democratic Party is going to be forced to issue a statement now in opposition to Riley Gaines being named Woman of the Year. Hey, so we typically don't plan out our show too far in advance. I mean, here's the deal. We don't want to be talking about something boring. When big news breaks, we want to be able to talk about the big breaking news. So for Tuesday's show, we didn't have any plan going into it. We were, you know, going to talk about the big news of the day, take your phone calls and more. Well, then we heard the big news out of the Montana Supreme Court about the Black Butte Copper Mine. So we had a great guest kick off Tuesday's show. What are we going to talk about Wednesday? You tell us. Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk.